Welcome to the special edition of Boys Don't Lie to Podcast. I am one third of of Boys Don't Lie to Podcast. You know, it's your boy, Oh Breezy. Uh, here in the studio by myself today. One of the, I mean, I mean, you, you guys should know what it is by now. I mean, if I'm here by myself, you know what we're talking about. We're going to talk about some sports. Uh, the NFL draft's coming up here in about a week or two. Um, two, three, somewhere in there, um, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, so I wanted to run through a full mock draft of the first round. Obviously that's going to take me a little bit of time, probably 20 to 30 minutes just by myself. So a little unrealistic to try to do that on the show because with three people trying to talk about that draft, uh, it would probably take almost a whole two hour segment because everybody's got their own opinions on the thing. So, um, we just decided, you know, I talked to Shay, I talked to Sam. They said, well, yeah, we know you want to do it. Uh, why don't we just do a bonus? Uh, you know, uh, the seems like the fans you guys like. Uh, you guys like the, the NBA trade deadline uh, one I did a while back. Um, so we decided to do a mock draft one today. So if you're listening to this, I appreciate you very, very much. Um, uh, make sure you check out the other specials we got coming out this week. Um I know Samar's doing a special. I believe Shay's got a special. We've we have a lot of stuff coming out. So uh, make sure you follow us all on Twitter. We have a lot of a lot of stuff that's going to start coming out outside of the show dates. Obviously, you know us. Uh, our boys don't lie. The podcast, our regular show, the two hour show drops Friday at noon every week. Um, but we've got some specials coming up. We're doing some interviews with some rappers. I'm doing stuff on sports. Uh, this is the Mock Draft 1.0. There will be a 2. There's possibly going to be a 3. Kind of depends on time. Not sure um, what's going to happen. But this is this is Mock Draft 1.0. So if you're here with us, I appreciate uh, you listening today. Make sure you check out the other stuff we got going on. Um, and if you're here like you are every Friday at noon and you're you're a, a weekly listener for us. We appreciate you so, so much. Uh, thank you guys for showing the love and support you guys do each week. And if this is your first time listening, hopefully you come back. Hopefully hopefully we see you again next week. Hopefully uh, we can get you hooked because, you know, I love I love doing this. Uh, I love that people like to hear it. You know, that's, that's a – it's something that I never imagined. I didn't think it's something I dreamed of. I never think I never thought that I would get to that level, and I definitely didn't think I would get to that level this soon. So if you're here just because you like to listen to me talk for hours upon hours upon end, first of all, I don't know why you put yourself through that torture, but nonetheless, I, I appreciate you for being here. So we're gonna hop right into this. Um so with the mock draft 1.0. Uh, I wanted to, it's going to get a little weird. It's going to get a little crazy because I decided to do this one with trades. I think there are going to be at least two to three trades um, in this year's draft, if not more. Uh, I definitely think there's going to be one, if not two, inside the top ten. So we have a lot of possibilities here. So there's a solid chance that two to three weeks from now when the draft happens that this mock draft looks absolutely horrible. Which I'm okay with that, you know. This this is part of the game, you know. You gotta put yourself out there, tell people what you think, and sometimes they're gonna be like, "Hey, you were wrong. You're an idiot." You know. Sometimes you have to sit there and be like, "Yes, I was, but I wasn't an idiot about this thing." So we're gonna try to. <laughs> I'm gonna try to nail half this down. Uh, so we're gonna go through all 32 picks. Uh, we're gonna go through each trade that I have for the sake of time. I'm not gonna go through what each team would have to do to get the trade done. Just because that'd be a lot of time for me to try to figure out what to do. And it'd be a lot of time for me to try to explain each one. Because I believe I have four or five, maybe even six trades in here. So um, uh, starting off, obviously, at the top of the order. 
uh, first overall pick of this year's draft, Jacksonville Jaguars. Pretty foregone conclusion that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the guy. Uh, he's been the most highly touted quarterback prospect in college since Andrew Luck. He's been put in the top four of best QB um, prospects coming out of college in that same category with Dan Marino, John Elway, um, Andrew Luck, and himself. You know, the, it's those four guys that are considered the greatest QB prospects ever coming into the league. So that shows you where Trevor Lawrence sits coming into this year. Um, there is a chance that they shake up and go Wilson. I think it's a very small chance that Trevor Lawrence isn't your number one overall pick. Um, a very small chance, but nothing is ever guaranteed in this league. The NFL, there are no guarantees, so I can't sit here and tell you 100% Trevor Lawrence is going to be the guy. There is always that 1% chance that Urban Meyer decides he wants to go Zach Wilson because he likes the upside. There's a, there's another small chance that he could go Justin Fields, Uh, uh Urban Meyer recruited Justin Fields to Ohio State a couple years back, so it wouldn't be surprising. Um, well, I mean, it would be surprising <laughs> to pass up for Trevor Lawrence to get Justin Fields, but there's motives there. You know, it's uh, there's a possibility. Nothing is ever guaranteed. So I have Lawrence going at one because I feel like it's a smart choice. Most of these picks are going to be what I would do if I was this team's GM, um, and then there's other ones like this next pick that are. Um. Because it's, again, the foregone conclusion of what's going to happen. So at two, the Jets take Zach Wilson, quarterback out of BYU. Um, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Don't see the hype around the kid. I think he has great upside. I think Justin Fields has a better upside. Uh, they both have a flaws to their game. Um, both of them, I believe, have the same major flaw, which is um, instead of going through progressions, they kind of stare down receivers. You know, if they're if their number one receivers running a ten yard post route on the other team's second or third string corner, he's just going to wait for that post to come open instead of possibly looking to his tight end or the swing route out of the backfield that could result in a touchdown. They think that that matchup's going to win it, so they're going to stare down that matchup until they get that break, and then they'll throw the ball in there and hopefully... Now, the thing is that, especially for Fields, he's been able to do it at a high level just because of the talent he had around him at Ohio State. Uh, Fields is the same way. There's uh, or Wilson is the same way. There's a lot of plays that you watch at BYU. People say he has elite ball placement skills. I don't see it, man. Like... I can go dig up clips upon clips upon clips where I'm seeing this kid throw it, you know, three yards short and, you know, underneath, not over the shoulder where the defense can get to it, you know. And tell you what, I we need some BY receivers to go later on in this draft because I've seen a lot of great catches on a lot of bad placed passes um, on Zach Wilson's tape. So I think the upside's there. But like I said, Justin Fields is my cute quarterback too in this draft. So that's exactly why I have him landing at the three spots in the Niners. Um, there's been a lot of talk of Mac Jones going to the Niners. I do believe that it's truly John Lynch just trying to throw a smoke screen, uh, kind of mess with Atlanta, mess with New York, uh, see if the if the Jets will waver from taking Wilson. Maybe they could take Wilson at three if for some reason they take Field to two or something like that. Who knows? Uh, for all my Niners fans out there, I'm speaking it into existence. Just going to act like all this Mac Jones stuff isn't happening. We're taking Fields at three. I think he's the second-best quarterback prospect in this class. I think he fits beautifully into Kyle Shanahan's system. Uh, I think that offense is a scary one going into this year, but not the most scary 
I'll tell you a sleeper offense here in the next couple picks that could really shake up the league in the NFC. Um, so at four, we have our first trade, first trade that I did, that is. Um, kind of resembles the three-team trade that Miami, San Francisco, and Philly had a while back that allowed Niners to go up to three in the first place. Um, in this deal, I have the Falcons are going to slide back to pick 11. They are originally picked four. They're going to slide back to 11. The Giants, who are usually pick 11, they're going to slide back to 15. And that's going to allow the Patriots to go all the way up to four from 15. Um, I think they get a little antsy. They watch Justin Fields go off the board. Uh, they don't like Mac Jones. They could wait on him. But there's a solid. So I don't think there's any way that any of those four quarterbacks, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, any of the five, Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Jones, and Lance. I don't think any of them reach pick 15. I think all five go in the top 10, honestly. Um, on my mock draft, Mac Jones slips to 11. But um, I think the the eventual reality is that all five of those guys will go in the top 10. If not, they'll definitely all go in the top 15, I think. Um, so the Patriots get aggressive. They go up. They're going to take Trey Lance. That is a long shot because you are moving up. 11 spots to take the fourth best quarterback in the class. It's not a great move. Um, but there's been a lot of talks uh, in New England about what to do with their quarterback situation. I think with Cam Newton on contract for another year, uh, you let Trey Lance sit for a year behind Cam Newton, who who has a similar play style at the highest level. Uh, you let him learn from Cam, let him learn from Bill Belichick, and let Trey Lance step into uh, step into his own as a starter next year. Let him take over the offense, and I think the Patriots have a dangerous quarterback going forward because he is more of a project guy. But if there's anybody you could trust with a quarterback project, it's Bill Belichick and sitting him behind a starter, no matter who the starter is for a year. Letting him get some experience without throwing him into the fire is also always a good thing. Um, pick five was Cincy. Now this is the first one. To me, this is the first pick that could truly kind of go sideways without including trades. Um, I don't think Cincy should move off this pick at all. I think uh, the Bengals have to make this pick at five. Do not trade down. There are people that you need in this spot. So the issue that the Bengals run into, uh, four quarterbacks have went off the board. They don't need a quarterback. They took Joe Burrow one overall last year. Uh, so basically, they have the entire board. They could do whatever they want at pick five. Uh, you have Penny Sewell, who is uh, the top tackle in the draft, supposed to be a franchise left tackle for years to come. Uh, you have Kyle Pitts, who is arguably the the best receiver slash tight end in this draft. People are saying he's the best patch cast, uh, the best pass catcher in the draft. Uh, you have Joe Burrow's former number one, uh, number two receiver behind Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Uh, he had a great year two years ago. He sat out this last year because of COVID. They could bring him in. And then also you have the two speedsters out of Alabama, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell. To me, it's very, very enticing to bring Jamar Chase in. To bring Joe Burrow's, one of Joe Burrow's college weapons into Cincinnati is a very, very good thing for Joe. And it would mean a lot, especially with the departure of A.J. Green. They kind of need a number one. But Joe Burrow's coming off a torn ACL. And you have a chance to take the top left tackle, the top tackle on the board in this entire draft to pick five. To me, the priority has to be keeping Joe Burrow upright. So I have Penny Sewell going at five to the Bengals. 
like I said, as as much as it would be fun to watch, and as much as it was, would it be cool, and would Joe Burrow enjoy throwing to Jamar Chase again, or even throwing to Kyle Pitts, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, you have to keep him up on his feet. You have to keep this guy healthy. You can go get Jamar Chase, but if he tears his ACL a second time this year, then who's going to throw it to Jamar Chase? <clears throat> I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I, Ryan Finley, I guess? So to me, the, the easy pick is Penny Sewell. Don't overthink it. Get the guy that's going to keep your quarterback upright for the next 10 to 15 years. Um, I actually have the my second trade in this in this mock draft. I have uh, the Dolphins are usually slated to pick six. Uh, I have the Panthers jumping up. There was rumors that the Panthers were going to jump up to get a quarterback early on. Uh, they've traded for Sam Darnold recently, so there's no need to go up for a quarterback. Um, Miami has their choice of Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle. Um, I think Brian Flores is smart. I think they're going to want to trade down once, get some extra draft compensation, uh, get some get some later round picks, uh, and you only slide down two spots. Which yes, you're probably going to lose two receivers in those two spots. But honestly, as long as they land one of those four top guys, they're okay. So uh, I have Carolina coming up. I have them taking Kyle Pitts at six. Um, this is what I was talking about when I said one of the most underrated and scary offenses in the NFC. If this comes to fruition and they can land Kyle Pitts or any of the three wide receivers left, Chase, Smith, or Waddle even, I think it would be better with Pitts. Um, You have Sam Donald, who I still think has the potential to be a franchise guy. I don't think it's probable. Uh, I think he's been in the league too much. He's seen too many bad things. It's going to be hard for him to shift his confidence. But there was a reason that a lot of people thought he was the best quarterback in that draft class and not Baker Mayfield. Um, So I think the talent's there. It's just... He's finally away from Adam Gase. He has a very, very reliable running game. He has Christian McCaffrey, the best running back in the league, who can do it both, run the ball and catch the ball out of the backfield. You have DJ Moore, who's one of the most underrated receivers in the entire league. High, high, high level underrated receiver. You also have Robbie Anderson, who's also a very underrated, kind of a lower end, but still very underrated receiver as your two spot. You bring in Kyle Pitts to play your tight end. You can flex him out into the slot. To me, this offense is extremely scary. You could run the ball well. You could throw it to CMC out of the backfield. We have Kyle Pitts tight end slash in the slot. We have DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. We have a decent offensive line. This Panthers offense, the only thing to me that would stop them is injuries and if their offensive line underperforms. Um, it's very, very hard to to play well as an offense if you don't have guys blocked for you up front, whether it's run or pass. So, um uh, I think that would be scary. Like I said, the more uh, possible, the more probable reality is that Miami takes Kyle Pitts. I just think with Mike Gusecki playing the way he was at the end of last year, it it would still work for Miami to take Kyle Pitts, but they have to be a lot more creative. You have to p- put him in the slot a lot more. You have to throw in a lot more two tight end sets, something along those lines. Because like I said, Mike Gusecki was a top 10 tight end last year when you look at the numbers. Arguably top 5, honestly. The dude was an absolute animal uh, when Tua was in the game last year. A lot of people say that was because Tua was dumping it short. Well, Mike Gusecki was taking 4-yard drag routes and turned them into 15-20-yard to 20 yard gains. So, regardless of what you think about Tua's arm, Mike Gusecki was putting up numbers. Um Pick seven, the Lions. This is one of the easier picks to me as long as he's there. I have them taking Jamar Chase. Uh, They need a wide receiver to replace Kenny Galladay. Um, Detroit's in a really weird spot. 
uh, is another team that could really use to trade down just because they have so many needs that taking a high-level talent isn't great if they could somehow get early in the second or even back into the first while trading down. Um, I think that would be ideal because, like I said, they just have so many gaps to fill on that defensive side of the ball. But uh, you take the most well-rounded. I have Jamar Chase as the wide receiver one coming out of this class. Not ex- I'm excluding Kyle Pitts from that conversation because I believe he's a tight end. But um, it's kind of if uh, here and there. I think Chase is better than Smith and Waddle. I think he's way more NFL ready. I think the upside on Waddle is definitely higher. The upside on Smith may be a little bit higher. But Jamar Chase to me is he is the most NFL ready. Like people talk about how much they love Justin Jefferson, and they're like, I just feel like Justin's so much better than Jamar. I think that in the right system, depending on where he lands in the draft, I think Jamar Chase could have just as good, if not better, of a year than Justin Jefferson had his rookie year last year. Uh, the the talent is there. People are sleeping just because he didn't play last year. Um, all the tape we have is from the Joe Burrow season. And even as a number two receiver, he put up numbers. He was the number two receiver behind Justin Jefferson. And they had um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I believe. I could be wrong. If, I, if he didn't go to LSU, please don't roast me over that. I apologize. That's just what came to my head. He's also a receiving threat out of the backfield. So Jamar Chase puts up numbers regardless. Um So then you have Miami at eight after they traded down from six. This allows them to take some draft compensation for moving down the two spots. And to me, you still get uh, a great fit for your offense Devonta Smith. I think he's the best route runner in this class. Um, It's all about the physicals uh, because his entire career, college, high school, whatever, um, you're too small, you're too little, da-da-da-da-da. So it's just about... Proving those people wrong again and again. He has so far. Like I said, I feel like he's the most talented route runner in this class. I think he can get open. The speed is there. He's not as fast as Jalen Waddle, but I think his footwork's better. I think that helps close the gap in the speed category. Um, Now, pick nine, Denver Broncos. By far, I think the hardest pick to make in the top ten, with Dallas being as close second, with there the next pick at pick ten. Just because I don't know if Drew Locke's the guy. Mac Jones is on the board here. I don't know if Drew Locke's the guy. Second of all, tackles kind of a thing here. Rayshon Slater, I feel like, is a little bit of a reach. Not much. Um, but also, uh, Von Miller's not getting any younger. They could use an extra, uh, some more help in the edge rush. I've seen a lot of people say that they have good corner sets, but they need a number one corner. So a lot of people think Patrick Sertain there. But also, John Elway's not the GM anymore. They have a complete new front office mem- uh, manager. Um, so I have no idea what Denver's going to do at nine. To me, Micah Parsons is the pick. I just, it feels like a Denver pick. You bring him in. Uh, he's the best edge rusher in the class. You have him learn from Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. And then once Von Miller retires, then you continue to have the dominance of Bradley Chubb and Micah Parsons on the outsides of your defense to terrorize Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and the rest of that, that division for years to come. Um, like I said, pick 10, Dallas, not any easier. There's a lot of talks of them going up to four to take Kyle Pitts. Um, they they have a couple gaps, but to me, the most glaring gap of all, and I think most Cowboys fans will tell you this, they need a number one corner. So I have them taking Patrick Sertain. Um, I just, Dallas, Dallas's offense has been unreal especially this the the first four games of this last season for Dak broke his ankle he was an MVP candidate he was the MVP candidate there was no better quarterback through the first three to four weeks of this last season than Dak Prescott 
Um, the problem is the Cowboys were one and three in that stretch. Uh, their defense couldn't hold anything. Um, Dallas is another team I really think wouldn't hurt from trading back if they could get a interior defensive lineman and still get a top corner like a J.C. Horn or maybe even an Asante Samuel Jr. later on. Um, one of those two players, but I think corners the pick. I think Patrick Sertain's the guy if they stick at 10. Um, one of the other results from my trades here, um, when Atlanta moved down to Atlanta, or Atlanta moved from 4 to 11, I have them taking Mac Jones. Uh, they could stick at 4 and take a quarterback, um, but I feel like the offers are just going to be way too good. Um, and also, I feel like they're... They're not as in dire straints to get a QB as other teams are. Uh, you sit Mac Jones behind Matt Ryan for a year or two, you may be surprised to see what happens. Um, I, I just I don't know what to do with the Falcons, honestly. Like I said, a lot of gaps to fill. Um, just a lot of question marks in Atlanta regardless. Uh, you have Philly, who moved down in the draft. They get lucky. Jalen Waddle slides. Uh, the injury issues his last year at Alabama, I think, will have him slide down the boards a little bit. Uh, I think as long as they get one of the speedsters from Alabama, really, Jamar Chase would be the best fit in Philly as well. I think they need a a true number one NFL-ready guy, not the upside guy, but I think they're happy to land Jalen Waddle nonetheless. I do think his upside is probably the most out of all these guys. You're looking at a Tyreek Hill-type guy. He is that quick. He is that fast. He can break games open like that. Uh, Not as skilled footwork-wise, not as big uh, and NFL-ready as Jamar Chase, but the upside is 100% there. I have Jalen Waddle going at 12 to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, The Chargers, pick 13. Pretty easy. Rayshon Slater, tackle out of Northwestern. Dude's just an absolute mauler. Um, I think he fits in L.A. perfectly with the Chargers. Um, He could protect Justin Herbert well. He'll be able to get out in the flats and the screens and just maul guys uh, when Austin Eckler's running screen plays. I think he'll be good in in the inside and outside run game. I think it's a perfect fit and a no-brainer for the Chargers at 13. Um, The Vikings at pick 14. um, I also have, I believe, I'm about to look here, 14. This This is where it goes a little sideways. These 13, I feel really good about the first 13 picks. Uh, it's after that that I feel like I had to start doing a little bit more digging, a little bit more thinking. Um, same thing with the Vikings as it is in Dallas. Uh, just a lot of great play from the defense, just not in the secondary. They need a number one corner. Uh, I think they're going to take J.C. Horn. A lot of people think J.C. Horn is the best corner in this class above Patrick Sertain. I don't quite see it. I still just – I'm also in love with the 6'2 frame, the big – Powerful corners, Jimmy Smith, Marlon Humphrey, that's two in Baltimore, which is my favorite team um, that I've been able to know. So I see Patrick Sertain as that guy. That's why I still have him as my corner one. J.C. Horn, definitely no slouch. Uh, Have him at 14 to the Vikings. Uh, You have the Giants at 15. They slide down four picks, still get a great tackle in Christian Derrissaw. They whiffed with Andrew Thomas at pick four last year. Uh, you got to keep Daniel Jones healthy at this point. Um, if nothing else, it never hurts to have a franchise tackle on your team, whether it's the right or the left side. Um, and I think Christian Darisaw has that upside to be that. Um, Christian Barmore out of Alabama, defensive tackle. I have him sliding down to 16. That's a great pickup, a great slide to a perfect spot uh, in Arizona. He joins J.J. Watt 
uh, on that defensive line. He'll be the run stuffer in the middle while J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones get after the QB. Uh, I think it's a great fit. A uh, little speed fire. You have uh, the Las Vegas Raiders take Trevon Mooring out of TCU, the best safety in the class. I think you pair him in that secondary um, with an already very, very talented uh, Raiders safety group. Uh, you pair him next to Jonathan Abram going forward, and I think that's one of the best safety tandems in the league here in two to three years. Uh, he's very under, or Jonathan Abram is very underrated already. Stack Trevin Mooring next to him. Uh, I think the middle of the field, 20 to 30 yards back, is looking pretty bleak for teams to throw to. Um, and you definitely need the pass defense when you have to play the Kansas City Chiefs twice a year. Um, here's another trade I have here, pick 18, usually the Miami Dolphins. I have them sliding six picks back again. Like I said, Brian Flores is give me all the draft. I want all the mid-round picks. Give me the mid-round monsters. I'm going to keep sliding down in the first round. Um I think the Bears are looking at tackle at pick 20. Uh, the Steelers are sitting at 24. They also need a tackle. I see them jumping up to 18 to Miami. They're going to take Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. Um, great tackle. Uh, the, t- the offensive line in Pittsburgh is getting old, as are a lot of things, especially when you look at the quarterback room. Uh, they get one of the guys to replace uh, their offensive tackles going forward as Andre Villanueva is getting no younger. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker will step in, help protect Big Ben, maybe Dwayne Haskins or whoever the QB of the future is in Pittsburgh. Uh, you have the Washington football team at pick 19. This is another one that was a little bit more difficult. Um, I think you stack a corner into their secondary, try to really beef up. Their defensive line is great. They have a great edge rush with Montez Sweat and Chase Young. You stack Greg Noose of the second out of Northwestern into that secondary at the corner spot. Um, you run with Fitzmagic for a year and hopefully you get a better pick to go after a QB or you might have to get aggressive and try to trade up or sign uh, a disgruntled QB that's trying to leave his team this year because I don't think Fitzmagic is the, the answer long run. Um, the Bears have picked 20, kind of upsetting. Uh, they're going to have to reach on a tackle, take Walker Little out of Stanford. Still think he's a great fit for their offense. It is a little bit of a reach, but... Um, I could see Walker Little sliding to like pick 35 to 40. I could also see him being a very solid pick of pick 20 here. Um, it's really just about needs more than anything. The Bears need a tackle, and I think Walker Little really is a good fit for them. So it's a little bit of a reach, but it's also the Bears. Sometimes that's as to be expected. Uh, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, go Rashad Bateman. I think they have a talented team there in Indy. They have a great run game. You have Carson Wentz in there as well now. You bring back T.Y. Hilton for a year. Uh, I think you stack Rashad Bateman next to him, have him learn for a year. Rashad Bateman's your one going forward. Uh, I think that just poetry in motion writes itself for the Colts. Um, Pick 22, Tennessee Titans. Uh, I have one buddy that's a Titans fan. Drew, you know I love you. I think the Titans are going to reach here. They're going to go Rondell Moore. Great receiver out of Purdue. Has a lot of upside. Uh, There's also just... There's a lot of talent in this wide receiver room that could go to this 20 to 30 range. They're going to reach on a guy that could fall all the way to 40. But as the Titans do, uh, they pick a guy with a lot of upside, but they definitely reach on him a little bit. But it's not a terrible pick. Um, I believe the last trade I have here, uh, the Jets usually sit in a pick 23, not in love with anybody at the top of the board that they really love. 
they're going to jump back five picks, stack some more draft capital. You know, it's never a bad thing for these teams that are the perennial bottom feeders like the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins to try to stack up, get some mid-round picks in, and slide down in the first round and still take a guy that, that can really help out their team. So I have the Saints coming up to 23. They're going to take Jeremiah Owusu-Koroma. He, uh, I probably butchered his last name. That's the linebacker out of Notre Dame. I think he's the best um, – I'd, I want to say best linebacker in the draft. I'm more counting Michael Parsons as an edge rusher than a linebacker. Uh, he's listed as a linebacker. I think Parsons is an edge rusher to me. So I think uh, Owasu fits the title as the best linebacker. I think he'll help out a lot in New Orleans. Hopefully be the captain of their the middle of their defense for years to come. Uh, then you have Miami at pick 24. Remember they traded back six picks earlier from 18. Still get... One of the best edge rushers, the best edge rusher on the board at this point in the draft, Kwiti Pay from the team up north in Michigan. Um, I'd love for uh, Kwiti Pay to fall to 27 to Baltimore. I just don't see it happening. Uh, and I know Baltimore is not going to get aggressive and go up. Um, if anything, Baltimore might trade down from 27. So it just kind of depends on who's on the board. Um, but Kwiti Pay, I think he's a great fit. He'll go onto that defensive line. So I think you have a solid draft with you, the Dolphins. You trade back twice. You still land Devonta Smith and Quiddy Pay, both uh, talented players and both fit needs that you have on both sides of the ball. Uh, you have the Jacksonville Jaguars with pick 25. Remember, they went Trevor Lawrence to pick one. Uh, I think it's a little bit of a reach again, but... When you take a quarterback that early in the draft, you have to invest in the offensive line help. I think they reach on Tevin Jenkins, tackle out of Oklahoma State. Uh, they could really go with any offensive lineman here. I think there's three, four, or five offensive linemen that could really go at 25 without being a super reach. It's a little bit of a reach because he could fall to 33, 34. But you're not really worried about reaching once you hit this 25 to 32 mark. You're looking for best fit and best player available. So, like... Yeah, there's better wide receivers available, but um, I just I don't think Jacksonville. I mean, I think Jacksonville needs wide receiver help, but I don't think Elijah Moore, uh, Kadarius Tony, Terrence Marshall Jr. I don't think any of these guys are true game changers. I think Tim Jenkins keeping Trevor Lawrence on his feet more often than not is a bigger need to fill if you are the Jaguars. Um, the Browns pick 26. This is another one could go either way. A lot of people were saying edge rusher. They just landed Jadavian Clowney recently. So I think that kind of takes away the need at edge rusher. I think they go Elijah Moore. Uh, he's a great slot receiver. He racked up like, do you racked up like over a thousand yards in like eight games at Ole Miss this year? Absolute animal. Uh, majority, uh, slot receiver. He'll join the two other slot receivers they have there, Nodell Beckham Jr. Jarvis Landry. Now you have three guys to me that are completely interchangeable from the outside on either side and on the slot on either side as well. Um, stack up more weapons for Baker Mayfield, man. Uh, he's going to be coming up into a contract year. You want to give him no excuses on why he can't perform. So with Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Odell Beckham Jr., Austin Hooper, Jarvis Landry, Elijah Moore, David Njoku. He has no excuses not to succeed. So uh, give Baker some more talent. Make sure he has no excuses when those contract negotiations come around. Baltimore, pick 27. These are my boys, my team here. Like I said, definitely not going to get aggressive and move up. Uh, unless it's part of the Orlando Brown trade. Baltimore's picking at 27, or they're going to pick lower than that. Um, 
as much as I want us to go up and get a top receiver or go up and get Michael Parsons, go get a top edge rusher or something like that. It's just not the Baltimore way. They decide to wait till their pick, take best player available, or trade back and take best player available then. Um, I think the possibility of them trading back from 27 is a very high possibility, but with a guy like Jason Owe on the edge, I don't think you can really jump back. He uh, is just an absolute freaking nature. He has a reported 4-3 speed and um, just an absolute animal out of Penn State. Baltimore needs the edge rush help. They lost Matt Judon and Yannick Nagakwe. They need edge rush help. And to me, Jason Owe is a guy that can play defensive end. But I think he'll really excel in a 3-4 edge rushers set. And that's exactly what Baltimore runs. So they could trade down. But you have a chance of Jason Owe not being on the board if you wait too many picks. So I think Baltimore should take the guy they want there. Um, take Owe and, and call it good. Uh, pick 28, the Jets. Remember, they traded down from 23 with the Saints earlier. They still get a great player. They Remember, they draft some, stack some draft capital, move down, still get a top corner in Caleb Farley. Uh, have him listed as my third or fourth corner in this draft. Um, I just feel like they could take him at 23, but if the offer's there from the Saints, I don't see, like, I don't see Miami. I don't see Jacksonville. Maybe Cleveland, I don't see Baltimore taking a corner. So to me, it doesn't hurt to move down, get some extra picks in, and still get the guy you want at 28. Um, Pick 29, Green Bay Packers. Uh, You remember Aaron Rodgers coming off an MVP season? Last year, they burned their first-round pick on a quarterback in Jordan Love. I don't think they obviously won't make the same mistake again. They could go tackle here. They could go Dylan Raddins if they really wanted to. Uh, could help out on the defense. To me, it's time to shut Aaron Rodgers up, get him some more help. You take the very, very versatile Kadarius Tony out of Florida. Uh, kid's an animal. Wouldn't mind landing him in Baltimore, but I feel like the edge rush talent is higher at 27, so that's where I think Baltimore is going to land at. Uh, Kadarius Tony is going to stack beautifully, I think, if he lands in Green Bay. You have your top receiver in Devontae Adams, obviously. I mean, no explanation needed. You have Alan Lazard, who is very, very quick, but at the same time, he's 6'5". Very large catch radius. He's a great run blocker. And then you stack Kadarius Tony into the slot, where you could do a lot of wildcat stuff. We could do jet sweeps. We can do, uh, you know, put him in the kick and punt return game. I mean, we could do whatever we want. Kadarius Tony is a Swiss Army knife and and an offensive weapon, and more often than not, just a pure athlete for your offense. Uh, you can put him in a slot running back or slot receiver. You can put him in a running back. Like I said, you run Wildcat. Dude does it all. I think it brings a very, very much needed and very much appreciated jolt and spark to that Green Bay offense for this next season. Uh, you have the Buffalo Bills, pick thirty. Another thing where they could really go either way, uh, you could stack up your wide receiver room. Terrence Marshall Jr. could uh, add Asante Samuel Jr. I think that is a very, very strong possibility. I have them landing Jalen Phillips. He's been shooting up draft boards uh, his two pro days at Miami. Uh, He's performed extremely well. Looks like a very, very big athletic freak. I'd be surprised, honestly, if he didn't go earlier in this draft. But I have him sliding a little bit still. But he jumped himself from a late second, early third round guy to a to a mid to late first, early second round guy now. So I have Jalen Phillips out of Miami landing in Buffalo. You have the Chiefs, uh, the Kansas Kansas hometown team. A um, little bit of a reach. I have them going tackle and Dylan Raduns. Um 
dude's an animal out of North Dakota State. Blocked very, very well for Trey Lance in the two, three years they played together. Um, I think the Chiefs obviously need the offensive line help after the Super Bowl that they had. They've done a great job of adding some veteran free agents across the line. Now you get your infusion of youth at the tackle spot. Hopefully he can be an anchor on the left or the right side going forward. Um, and then you have the Buccaneers at pick 32. Now, obviously, pick 32 is obviously going to be the most um, difficult pick to make because, you know, you're about to loop back into the second round. Um, so you kind of get the best available here. Um, could go Terrence Marshall Jr. out of LSU, the wide receiver. Uh, stack him in behind uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Could go Gregory Rosso. Uh, you could go Aziz Olojuari out of Georgia. Stack your edge rush. You could stack Asante Samuel Jr. To me, the rich get richer. The thing about the Bucks is they're returning 22 of all 22 starters from the Super Bowl. There's no glaring needs, really, on this roster. Um, so to me... I think they they try to find a number one guy in a spot they really haven't had a number one guy in a couple of years. They brought Leonard Fournette back. They have Ronald Jones. I believe they signed Giovanni Bernard as well. So that pick might change just because Giovanni Bernard is in now. But I have them taking Travis Etienne as of now. Uh, I think people are very, very high on Najee Harris. I'm very, very high on Travis Etienne. I think he could do more on the field. Yes, Najee Harris is a much better bigger athlete a more freak athlete uh but etn does it all he runs the ball well he's arguably one of the best running backs in clemson history statistically uh, he runs the ball well he catches out of the backfield well he does what your offense needs him to do no questions asked and that to me is exactly what uh the buccaneers need so um like I said, that's also one of the tougher picks because when you don't lose a single starter, uh, it's really hard to figure out what you want to draft because you're almost drafting rotational or you're drafting for a pure upgrade. I think they would have a very crowded running back room if they took ETN. Um, I, I honestly don't think the ETN pick will probably happen now that they've signed Giovanni Bernard, but honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, it's a very Super Bowl champion thing to do. Why not go get the, you know, like... Every other position, I mean, they could go interior offensive line probably, like a guard center or something like that. Every other position has had a player drafted there. So you could either go interior offensive line or you can go running back um, and get the best the best running back or best interior offensive lineman in the draft will both be available, I think, at 32. Uh, so I have them. That's why I have them landing ETN there. Like I said, the rich get richer, the greedy get greedier. I think uh, – Tom Brady wouldn't mind having a dual threat running back like uh, Giovanni <laughs> Giovanni Bernard and Travis Etienne in that backfield. Um, so that's going to do it for our our, our mock draft 1.0. Um, let me know what you guys think. Uh, feel free to hit me up if you want to hit Shea up. He can always relay the message. But uh, if you're looking to find my Twitter, um, it's just Owen underscore Burke B E R K. Um, if you go to Shay's page or Sam's uh, or Samar's page, uh, that link tree has all of our links in it. So you can follow all three of us on Twitter. Um, and if you guys have any feedback, if you think uh, like oh, you're an idiot, there's no way that the, the Patriots would move all the way up to four just to take Trey Lance. Tell me that, man. I'm, I'm all for it. Like, if you want to be rude about it, I mean, do what you want to do. I will, I will gladly listen to it. I probably won't listen to it as much as the guy that's being nice, but... 
I'll listen to the feedback nonetheless. Um, so uh, if you made it all the way through, I appreciate you for being here. If you listen to the show each week, I appreciate you even more. But if you're sitting here listening to my voice now or you listen to our voice on Fridays, just know from the bottom of our, my heart and all three of our hearts, really, um, we we can't thank you guys enough. Uh, we talk about it all the time. Uh, we've got some some other stuff coming out, some ads here and there that we've been some promos we've been doing with other people. Um, like I said, there's this this podcast and everything we're doing right now means so much to me. I know it means a lot to the guys. It, it definitely means a lot to me because, like, this is an opportunity for me to get a career in the radio game without going back to college. And for anyone that's been to college or is currently going to college or was so sick with high school that decided they didn't want to go to college. I think we can all appreciate that anybody that can make it to where they want to be in life without going to college, that's a win. And you guys are helping me achieve that goal. So I'm forever grateful to anyone that's listening right now. So like I said, if you made it this far, just know that I mess with you heavy. Make sure you guys follow me on Twitter. Uh, we're going to have some more stuff coming out, some some rapper interviews. I'll be doing another mock draft here soon before the draft again. And I think we're probably going to do like a little draft roundup, do some draft grades, see how this thing shakes out. And if you guys are interested, I'll compare them, this mock draft that I just did to what happens, and we can talk about how stupid I was. <laughs> so if you're interested in that, like I said, make sure you follow all three of us on Twitter. Stay tuned. Keep it locked. Um, I don't even know what episode's going to come out when this comes out. Uh, you know, the timetables get kind of messed up here and there. But just make sure, hey, you're looking at your clock, you're looking at your calendar. It's it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it is, or if it's Friday before noon, just know you got something to listen to at noon on Friday. We got some more stuff coming at you. Very, very, very excited um, to to bring you guys more content week in, week out. So make sure you keep your eyes open for that. Follow all of us on Twitter and just be, be ready because, like I said, we've got a lot of stuff that's going to be dropping, and some of it may not be dropping on Fridays. So make sure you tune into our socials. Keep an eye on all that. And like I said, again, Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening today. And if you listen all the other times, I know I'm a broken record. I said it 16 times. I can't say it enough. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will see you guys next time.